This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 880 Comic Talk. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 880. It's a comic talk episode, a little bit of a random comic talk. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. I'm joined by one special guest today. I'm joined by Nathan Strzok. Nathan, say hi. Hello. <laughs> uh, so our, our originally scheduled programming was that we were going to break down uh, New Mutants by Jonathan Hickman. It was going to be you, uh, me, and Paul Scores. Unfortunately, that didn't happen uh, today. But I thought instead we would just kind of uh, chat a little bit about some random comic book topics and kind of take it from there. Uh, and again, just do a kind of a random comic talk episode. Now, you had mentioned pre-podcast um, something that did kind of blow my mind that you had never read entirety of Dark Phoenix Saga before. And so what it made me think of is, are there other kind of blind spots in these characters that you really enjoy that, that exist for you that you just haven't had a chance to fill in yet? Well, I mean, yeah, um, I haven't read, <laughs> I want to go back and read all the X-Men stuff. When I say all, I basically mean Claremont and up. I don't, I, I have read, I think, Part of the Essentials one for X Men, or, or if not that Essentials volume, um, I, I know I've, I've read some issues in the in the sixties, and I don't really like those issues too much. I've heard other people say that they're kind of boring. Uh, there's some cool ideas when you get the introduction of things like the Sentinels, but um, so as far as the epic collections go, and that's kind of the the track that I'm on. I'm not going to do on the bus collecting. Um, I find the unwieldy to read I believe volume 5 I don't know I think it's around there is where um, Claremont's run starts with um, with Second Genesis and then I think and the volume before that I've heard recommended the volume before that is uh, the introduction of Polaris and Havoc and so I've heard there's some good stuff there uh, Neil Adams there's art there from Neil Adams so that might be as early as I go um, and ultimately to read everything from um, Second Genesis all the way up to as far as I can. So um, I have not read the Dark Phoenix Saga until recently. I technically I haven't read the Phoenix Saga yet. Like that, that's been skipped. Proteus haven't read Proteus. What um, I've read Giant Size X Men before. Well, I thought this was a place for me to to share my deepest shame. <laughs> Absolutely, it's always and, it's always a safe space. Don't worry. <laughs> you can guffaw all you want. Actually, it'd be good if you guffawed had a different guffaw after each revelation. <laughs> Changed. We can see what you come up with next. Get Zooks, he explained. Um, so I don't know. Um, I have read. I've read Inferno a long time ago. Didn't like it at the time. I'm anxious to read it again. I know for some people it's one of their favorites. I've read Mutant Massacre. I, I, I'm pretty sure I've read Extinction Agenda. Um, those are some of those big ones. Follow the Follow the Mutants. I've read issues after Follow the Mutants. I've read about stuff all through the Siege, uh, some Siege Perilous stuff. I've read a few things from Outback. So I'm really hoping to make connections in my spotty knowledge because a lot of it came initially from uh, the animated series and falling in love with that, um, and then getting into comics. It was you know the early to mid nineties, so it was like Age of Apocalypse and then Onslaught. So I was reading about Dell stuff, which. I later realized, and only really now have articulated it as how I see it as a Claremont fanfic. 
Um, and so whenever I actually read Claremont stuff, I would usually complain about it being overly verbose and, you know, uh, esoteric at times and, and really uh, heavy, heavy on the exposition, um, you know, and, and comics hadn't really moved towards where they were, you know, the late 90s, especially the early 2000s under Joe Costata, I feel, where the decompression of narrative was really, really was starting to happen. And this comes in and he makes a conversation between two people in a diner last eight pages, whereas for Claremont, that would be at most a page. So um, that that newness really starts to appeal to me um, and how I read comics. And so the idea of going back, reading exposition-heavy stuff, reading content that I, I felt like the author didn't trust the artist enough, where, I mean, <laughs> I just read an issue today. I read um, the king-sized annual, um, I don't have the issue in front of me, the volume, but it's the uh, Nightcrawler's Inferno issue in 19, this is 1980. Mm. Um, I mean, it was November 1980, the, the giant size or king-sized volume. Um, and even, I remember even early today, there's a panel where Nightcrawler is being thrown up in the air and he exclaims, I'm being thrown up in the air! Like that that kind of thing where there's not enough trust, I feel, in the in the artist. So the, there's there's so much writing, there's so much text, even when it didn't have to be in. Um, I, I guess that was just kind of something that took me off for a long time. I had declared or decided that Claremont wasn't good. Um, then we had revolutions in the late 90s. And i reading Claremont now, really like, okay, I'm going to sit down here. I'm going to read Claremont, really, uh, issue to issue. The most I had really read before that was X-Men 1 through 3. And after that, Claremont's gone. So I'm like, okay, well, this this will be a real experience. And it wasn't very good. And... You know, I find out that everyone says it's not very good. You, you know, years later, like, no, that's not the real class. I'm on the game for years. Um, it's just something about, I don't know, certain podcasts I've been able to listen to, articles I've been reading, hearing Adam constantly say, why aren't you buying enough Omnibuy or Omnibuses? <laughs> um, and then the Epic line being a thing, and it's a, it's a format that I really like. I think it looks really nice on the shelf. I think it's, um, it's easy to read. I think it's cost-effective. So the stars have aligned, Adam, and I'm like, let's let's do it. So um, this is one of the reasons why I haven't read what I haven't read, and why I'm trying to repent of my sins. So yeah, and I imagine you were speaking specifically of X Men stuff. I'm, there's tons of other stuff I haven't read. Oh, for sure. But- so it's interesting um, about the X Men epics. No, again, I I don't buy them myself. I have the uncanny omnibuses from I guess one to four so basically when Claremont starts but what's interesting to me if I was in terms of a blind spot or something I've never read or never experienced uh, would be the volume I guess before where you started so you're starting with X-Men volume five second genesis so the one before it called it's always darkest before the dawn which is really a foreboding uh, cover copy um, it has everything that happened after the X-Men's book went into reprints because remember they went into reprints for a couple yeah. of years from issues, yeah. what, 67 to 93. So this is everything in the meantime. So it has material from those issues um, and two annuals. But it also has, like, seven issues of Amazing Adventures, an issue of Amazing Spider-Man that I believe has Iceman. It has, like, five issues of Incredible Hulk, including Wolverine's first appearance, although some other issues that I'm, I'm not even sure what happened there. There's two issues of Marvel Team-Up, two issues of Avengers, there's like four issues of Captain America, two issues of Defenders, and a giant-sized Fantastic Four. So it's got a complete smorgasbord 
of X-Men appearances during this weird period when they didn't have an, like an ongoing book of their own with new adventures. That's probably the one of all of them that I'm most intrigued by, even though it probably doesn't matter a lot, except for, I guess, Amazing Adventures, I believe, is where Beast uh, transforms from his you know old-school kind of look to his more furry look. Uh, but besides that, like I don't even know what happens on those issues, so I am intrigued by them. Yeah, that's something, again, I, I, I will definitely pick up just because people have recommended it, not because I'm super eager uh, to read stuff that's that's prior to Krakoa, or the I guess the first Krakoa uh, storyline. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I haven't, and, and, and to be clear, at the time of this recording, I haven't been able to purchase a copy of Volume uh, 5 because it's not in print right now. I think the last time they printed it was 2017, which is yeah. bananas. And if I want to purchase copy right now it's over a hundred dollars for me to buy a copy of it so i'm just waiting for them to print it and they've made reprints of other lesser i would say less popular oh uh, wolverine um volume mm-hmm. one was just reprinted i think like i actually this we're recording this i think in, it, this is i think we're recording this in may 20 uh, uh 2021 and i believe it came out earlier in may there was a reprint or mm-hmm. perhaps of april so um wolverine volume one is getting a reprint before x-men um Genesis or um, Second Genesis is getting a, a reprint, and so that, that's weird to me. So I would love to be reading from that point and then to pick up Proteus. Proteus mm-hmm. is also out of print, so yeah. I, I'm just reading Dark Phoenix now because I just can't wait. I can't take it. Wolverine's an interesting one, though, because like Magipore Knights... And if you... Um, oh, sorry. I was just going to say... Uh, I was going to say, and if you want to know how I feel about it, we can talk about, about it later, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I think about Magipore Knights, so Wolverine Volume 1. So its original printing was back in 2014, so at least, I don't know if there were reprintings in the middle, but if this was the first reprinting, it's still seven years later, whereas the uh, the second Genesis hadn't been out that long. Um, and the thing, again, about um, X-Men is that we know eventually, you know, the X-Men are going to be in the MCU, so if they did wait on reprints, we know that we'll probably get them around there. I hope you don't have to wait that long. But we know we'll get them by that point anyway. No. Oh my gosh! I hope so. I hope not. Like this is that was the risk too because you know the the on the buses. I probably like no. I'm gonna. Elf. Um. Oh, we lost that's what a, I was going for. We, we lost a little bit of audio there, Nate. Um, so I would darn this, darn this uh, location in my in my house. Um, yeah, I was just saying I like a united look on my shelf. So I want my epics uh, to be together. I don't want that kind of a look. So I'm not going to go for alternative formats. Hmm. I'm like, I, I, it won't be too long before they make a reprint of this, and maybe it won't. Maybe before the end of the year it'll be out, but. Um, I guess I'm just going to not read them entirely in order because I was just too excited to read. I was flipping through the Dark Phoenix mm-hmm. um, epic volume and the art by John Byrne. I had never really seen Byrne's art like more than a page at a time, and it just was so good. I'm like, I have to start reading this. Oh, yeah. It's it's incredible. Now, what's, um, 
what I have really been enjoying with your kind of journey into the epics, etc., is uh, you know you've, you're becoming part of this this epic community that knows about this type of stuff. Because like when we first started talking about it, and you're like, well, do I go omnibus or do I go epics? And you're really kind of learning about all the the crazy nuances of the epic collections in terms of their reprinting schedules and how these things. And, and you're learning very quickly that you can't sit on these things; you got to jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is bad yeah i really i know i really did think that way because there's so many other trades that i'm like oh, i'll throw it on the wish list and get to it when i get to it and a year or two can go by and it's fine usually over two years and like you gotta you gotta pull the trigger but yeah with some of these ethics it's just like uh, a few months go by and and all of a sudden it's just it's not around and they're like oh well, we're getting more in stock soon but and then all of a sudden that's just we're getting more in stock soon too we don't know when we're getting this back hmm. so yeah i have been looking around at sites i know um some here in Toronto have them available at good prices, but uh, because of the lockdown currently in Ontario, as we're recording this, like, oh, we're not we're not in the store yet. So as soon as things open up a little bit, maybe next week, I'm actually going to make a bunch of calls to some stores and be like, do you really have this? And I come pick it up. Yeah, so I'm becoming that frenzy epic collector, I guess, now. Mm. Actually, speaking of uh, things I've noticed that, uh, that made me think about you, um uh, I've always, and I think I think I've told you about it already, but uh, I'll say it again for posterity's sake on the podcast that uh, the David Masekele's uh, Daredevil Born Again is in an artisan edition, which is a slightly smaller version of the giant artist edition that I have from IDW, which I do recommend that you get at some point because it's just so gorgeous. Okay, well, how long is that something I can sit on, or is it something I have to like snatch up? That you can sit on. It's been out for like two, almost two years already. It's still easily. Oh my easy. I, I think the, here's the thing. So when I spoke to Scott Dumbier, who's um, one of the main guys in charge of the artist edition um, line at IDW, he had said that Daredevil was one of their best sellers, um, and it was hard to keep it in stock um, because it was just so popular. So then when they created the paperback line, um, which was going to be so they're not hardcovers, but they're smaller, slightly smaller, still bigger than your average trade, um, and they're soft cover. Um, this new artisan edition is meant to kind of keep some of these really popular titles in print, which don't have aren't as expensive both for the for the retailer, even for the production, and obviously for the consumer. So that's what they've been doing, and actually they've been putting out a lot of these now. I haven't picked up any of myself yet. Um, I'm pretty close to uh, pulling the trigger on one of them, but I have I think just two artist editions of my own. I have the uh, obviously the Daredevil one, and I have a, a Gil Kane. Spider-Man one, which I really enjoy, but the actual Artisan editions, these newer versions, they have um, one which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is, and I think it has four different, slightly different cut versions of the original uh, comic that kind of launched a, a franchise. There's uh, Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four. There's a, a Star Wars Artisan edition, which I think has a lot of the original uh, adaptation of Star Wars that Marvel did. There's uh, the first, I don't know how many issues, but there's one of Walter Simonson's uh, Mighty Thor. And then there's John Romita's Amazing Spider-Man as well, which is the one I'm thinking about. There's also a Steranko Nick Fury Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. version, as well as the Born Again that I already mentioned. So there's some, they're really starting to pump out, you know, putting these into a softcover format that people can enjoy. Well, here's, if you want more confessions, um, you probably already know this one, though. I think you know this one. I haven't read all of um, Frank Willer's run of Daredevil, and that's something I've wanted to get, wanted to have, wanted to read for years. And every time I've, I either haven't had money, like I haven't been working, or, or I have been working, but there are things I have to spend my money on. And um, so, so, or they go out of print. So it seems like they go so quickly. I'm sure they don't. I'm sure they're just 
I'm just too slow. So these, the volume one, two, and three of the um, the Frank Mother, Klaus Janssen, Omnibuy or Omnibuses formats, hardcover format. Um, I don't. I don't think they're currently even in stock. Like I, as I'm, I'm looking right now on Amazon, for example, I don't think those are available. They, they have the companion only, I believe. I think the yes. uh, the actual omnibus is still out of print. Um, but the, you know, yeah. it has come back a, a bunch of times. Um, I have that one. I've always wanted the the companion, but I can't. I can't get my spell, myself to spend the money on the on the content again because when I look at what's in there, I have a lot of it in other formats. Um, I think. Uh, there's a bunch of issues that, like, I have it all in different, like, different trades, and some of it will eventually be in Epic Collections, because I buy the Daredevil Epic Collections, so that one's really tough for me, because I've always not had that companion, but, like, I have... Oh, should I... Sorry, go ahead. Maybe I should just get the Epic Collections then with Miller stuff, right? Because, like, I, I'm just sending this to you now as an example on a retailer uh, website of this, like box set for yeah. Miller's Rum mm-hmm. uh, hardcover box it looks like how many volumes is that like that's that's not a that's not, not cheap it's like 300 bucks right here at least uh, in terms of Canadian dollars so um, maybe this is not what I want maybe what I want is the epic version of Daredevil's of, of Miller on Daredevil uh, it depends what you're looking for I mean like this this box set yeah, I, I remember this yeah this this is what two years old $300 it's got a lot of content in it um, I mean, if you don't have any of it, it works pretty well. Um, it kind of collects a lot of how the original trades were collected, but breaks them down even more so. Um, as I said, it has it has basically everything that you would have in the omnibuses, etc. But I would say that it's slightly higher price point than just having the two yeah. omnibuses. But it's you know it's 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 pretty cool. Um, actually, it does have extra. Sorry, it does have the Electra uh, Assassin. Um, which is, I believe, in the Electra Omnibus. So I think it's basically three Omnibuses worth, it looks like, because uh, it has a okay. lot of different stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, I don't know. It depends, because like, they will eventually do epic collections of Miller's run, and if you decide that you like the Daredevil by Miller, you might maybe want to continue with Daredevil and go to the next run. And so you know, if you decide to get hooked on Daredevil, you know, epic collection will give you a better avenue to do it. If you do this, it's kind of locking you into, I'm a Frank Miller Daredevil fan, and that's it. Yeah, and this is, uh, I already have stuff in here anyway, even as it is. Like, I have the uh, Electra Assassin hardcover. I have, I'm looking at it right now, actually. Um, I've got Born Again. I've got The Night Without Fear. Like, there's already things that I have in here, so that's maybe and, and that's why I've never work. been able to get the companion omnibus for that reason. Like, again, when I bought my original omnibus of the, you know, the core of the Frank Miller run, Pretty sure it was before the uh, the epic collections had started with Daredevil. In fact, the first Daredevil epic collection was originally not solicited as such. It was just that they were going to put in Fall from Grace into a trade paperback, and I was like, "I'm buying that, yes!" Because like I love that costume, like I'm in. And then they retroactively said, "Oh, it's actually going to be an epic collection," and I had the trade dress and everything, but it wasn't initially announced that way. So that's when I was like, "Oh, okay, I guess we're doing this." And so to date, they have not done any of the Frank Miller run in the Epic Collections. Like it's they have a, they've done a lot of them and a lot of volumes. Um, but for some reason like they're kind of missing out on the Frank Miller stuff. Obviously it's been reprinted a lot, so there's a reason for that. But of the you know, it looks like there's gonna be twenty one volumes collecting everything up until they end the book and uh, Kevin Smith comes on with Joe Quesada. There's gonna be twenty one volumes and they've done a lot of them, but the most glaring stuff that's missing is, you know, the most popular stuff. Yeah, because I would like to read Miller stuff, and I want to read Ennisenti stuff as well. So 
so that's at least two creators there. So that one's interesting. So Heart of Darkness, which is volume 14 of the Epic Collection, is one of the hardest volumes to find, and it's the middle of the right. night Anasenti run. Oh, great. <laughs> Wel- welcome to another nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so maybe I don't want to dip my toe in this quite yet. Like, I, Maybe I sh- it's best to focus on one thing at a time. And yeah. that thing will be and, – and when I say focus, of course, it's not just X-Men that I'm looking at and Wolverine, which I've already, I guess, talked about briefly. But I, I started with like Daredevil epics – sorry, um, Moon Knight. Forgive mm. me. I know. They're both uh, rooftop heroes. But uh, Moon Knight and then I'm like, well, I love Wolverine. It's like my favorite character or one of them at least. And so we'll get these and like you you know, help get me into that too. But I, uh, I generously gave me one of the volumes. Um, and then now this X-Men thing comes up and I'm like – you know, hearing about all the stuff that I've never you know read before being linked together, and people talking about the Krakoa era and the yada 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 of New Mutants, and I've never really found them compelling as an idea before. And the more people talk about it, and you know, Bill Sienkiewicz's uh, visionary work on that, and some of uh, Claremont's doing more uh, very kind of emotionally traumatizing thriller almost style storylines, uh, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get that too. So. I'm in for a penny and for a pound. I'm going to, I'm getting new mutants volumes when I can get them. And, um, uh, X for X factor. I, I'm getting them basically anything I can get. That's in that seventies, eighties to early nineties era, uh, epic collections. I'm, I'm going to do it. So I, it's really, it's really bad. Okay. Well, let me, let, let, let's, I'm going to, we're going to play a quick game here. So I'm going to go a list of the different series that are currently collected by Epic Collections. And I wanted to say if you would ever, ever get any volumes. And if they, if so, what periods would, be, would you be looking for? Or if you would just outright not want anything about it? <laughs> okay. All right. So let's go. So for first one, alphabetically, obviously, is The Amazing Spider Man. Is there any period that you would ever want in Epic Collections? Would you ever want to collect a lot of it? Or would you stay away from Spider Man? Um, I am currently of the mind to stay away from it, not because Spider-Man is bad, Spider-Man is wonderful. Um, part of me was very tempted at the time when the Clone Saga stuff were coming out um, in, in epic form. Uh, it is, in fact, epic form, isn't it? Those, those soft-cover volumes? Are- yeah, yes and no. So it, it predates the, the name Epic Collection, so it has a different trade dress. Um, so it is called something different. They used to do something called the Complete Epics. Um, which is again nowadays they have complete collections and epic collections, but this was kind of a hum, you know a homogenization of the two terms because they hadn't figured it out yet. And so there was a number of things they did like this. They did complete uh, onslaught epics, complete Age of Apocalypse epics, and complete uh, Clone Saga epics. And there might have been a couple others, but yes. uh, again okay, they yeah, they, they predate the uh, epic collection format in terms of the spine, the trade dress, everything. But we maybe will get them reprinted as such. I hope not, because um, I don't want to buy eleven <laughs> volumes again. Um, yeah, I I don't know the conventional wisdom, and I, I think you and I have talked about this before. Is that a lot of people are obsessed with epic collections, and they want to figure out the mapping of them and how that works. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they everyone the conventional wisdom was always that for the initial books that were part of the epic collection line, the wisdom was that they would all end in the kind of mid nineties at certain periods. So for Spider Man, it was assumed that they would end basically with Amazing Spider Man three ninety three which is right before the Clone Saga, which then begins with 394. So we have already seen uh, in November this year, we're going to get volume 26, so this supposed last volume, which is Life Theft, which collects up to 393 of Amazing Spider-Man. For the main kind of um, Marvel heroes, uh, like Fantastic Four, Avengers, etc., it was assumed 
that uh, heroes are born kind of be the mark. Basically, they go into onslaught, and that's where the epics end. Uh, same thing with like Iron Man, uh, etc. Incredible Hulk, we know will go on, but everyone kind of assumes it'll go on until the Incredible Book, Incredible Hulk book ended, and then was replaced by Hulk by Ron Garney and uh, I want to say, shoot, John Byrne, um, and that was in the late '90s. Um, so that's where that's assumed to end. So again, no one really knows for sure. With uh, Wolverine, for example, they assume it'll end when the Wolverine book ended, and then it was brought back, I think, by Greg Rucka originally um, in the so, yeah. kind of Marvel Knights era in the, or in the early 90s, sorry, early 2000s. So no one really knows for a lot of them how it's going to work, but there's you know conventional wisdom what they assume it's going to be. Again, as I said with Daredevil, we assume it's when Daredevil ends, and then it moves on to the Marvel Knights version. And why do we think, why do so many people think that many of these things will end in the 90s. Is that just because the 90s got out of control because there's so many Spider-Man books and so many X-Men books? Um, To a degree. I I, I think part of it's that, like, because they already have pre-existing print lines and they think that they wouldn't start duplicating them. Like, there have been... like, And plus, a lot of it's already been reprinted from that kind of mid-90s to late-90s period forward for the most part. So that's kind of the trade paperback era. Like, it really started... In, in earnest in the early in the, in the early 2000s. So a lot of that material has already been yes. in collections of some kind, and it's already been revisited and put in larger, complete collections, likely. So, you know, again, we don't know that. And eventually they could decide, you know what, screw it. We're, we are going to go double dip, and we hope that people will buy all these volumes again. Um, but we don't know. From what I've, we've always been told is that there was a very aggressive mapping program that they they knew from the beginning they started publishing these because they published them out of order. They knew exactly which issues were always going to be there. It's the supplemental kind of bonus material that would sometimes flux and change because they try to find certain uh, you know material to put in there. But for the most part, they already kind of had locked in what issues were going to be there from the beginning. And I think once you get past that point, it might get a little bit harder. And that is an interesting thing, right? The 2000s, how Marvel published as a publisher and uh, kind of entering really a, uh, the Casada editor-in-chief era, too. I think he really encouraged that as well. Um, I know it started before him, but the day where things all of a sudden you were pretty certain would be reprinted and traded back. Like that was just not a thing in my memory of the 90s. If you miss an issue, you may you miss the issue and you've got to go back and find it. And mm-hmm. Uh, especially with the ultimate line, I remember that like everything that was coming out in singles for the ultimate comic, they were like, "We're it's going to be collected." So when people were freaking out over um, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man number one, the white var- white cover variant, that was still highly collectible for a long period of time. I don't know if it is anymore, but um, even though it got reprinted, and when it got reprinted in a trade paperback, the, the price kind of dips a little bit, but it still was collectible enough that for the collector's purposes, it was a, a value. But for those who wanted to read it. Marvel was like, if you want to read this, we're going to make sure you can read it. If you want to give us your money, we're going to make sure you can have you can have the money. And now that that's kind of become this ethos, we're, we've shifted into virtual comics, into uh, online comics where you can just purchase them digitally. Um, I, there's some of my fear has been, well, yeah, like what if older comics or certain comics are only going to have a, a digital version of it and they're going to trust that they can get revenue from older comics or certain comics through this method because it's not worth reprinting. It's not worth going back and making a trade. So I think that one is one of the reasons for me why the Epic is so appealing because this is the kind of thing that I thought wasn't going to happen. Like really honestly, as soon as I went to the digital format, I'm like, yeah, they're going to basically make us all have the Marvel um, uh, subscription and uh, you just, you, you buy it and you'll have the whole backlog and that's how you do it. That's how you read old comics now. 
either you have the issue or you are a subscriber. Hmm. So the idea that I can have a physical copy, and I vastly prefer physical copies of comics, and can have that, you know, this is a very Adam thing too, very Adam-friendly thing, right? The idea of having a library, having tomes of libraries, of <laughs> everything included, nothing left out, um, having a full record, recorded history of this, this mythology, um, this is super appealing, you know, when we were younger, and now we're, the fact, the idea that we could reach that point and we could have these beautifully organized volumes on our shelves, and we could have, and this is, I think, what you and I like to imagine is going to happen, even though this is folly, uh, we're entertaining guests, you're in your smoking jacket and your bubble pipe, and someone brings up a, a point about, you know, uh, Nightcrawler's solo series, and you're like, which one? And then they're like, well, this, this is such and such and such, and you're like, well, let me correct you there, and then you walk over to your shelf and you grab one of your tomes off, and you flip the page, and you have the, exactly in your hand that, you know, the, 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 the big issue right like that's this idea where we <laughs> we fantasize about them being needful too like i want to read them but also the uh, the weird part of my brain where i'm like yeah but i can use these as reference points the references absolutely and you can share it you can give it to someone you can lend it out yeah yeah so actually um, it's interesting there was a period recently where i think i've already mentioned this too but zach lost screens for two weeks and uh, it was i loved it because uh, instead of asking, like you know, if, you know, if he could have screens all all the time, he was like, "Can we go to the basement so I can pick out some comics or like some trades?" And I was like, "Yes!" Like I'm not gonna like I've wanted this my entire life. I'm not gonna say no. Um, and so like I, I, he was you know grabbing a, a, a lot of different stuff. He's maybe not reading a lot of the words. He's maybe flipping through the pictures. I don't care. He's seven. Um, and so yeah. I, at one point, I just I pulled out this like a bunch like a, a, t- a huge stack of trades. I put them on their side, and they're all like from one end to the other. I said, okay, if you start here and you go all the way to there, that you will have an entire run of stories. He's like, okay, like he thinks that's pretty cool. And I thought about it, and I'm like, that's you know JMS's first issue to now. That's 20 years of comics I just laid out in front of him, and he could just do that. And that's nuts to me. That's powerful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of the beautiful things about comics that they are a medium. Not every book, of course, but uh, especially superheroes uh, as, as, as it's kind of subgenre that they have stories that span decades and across creator to creator and that the stories can be very short and they can be very, very big in terms of how many, you know, several smaller arcs inside of a larger tale and that you can start where you want and you can just enjoy it and chew on it and um, it's not like the old kind of here's an individual issue, which is its own Lee, by the way, of course, like this is month to month, excited for the next single issue. You get pieces, morsels of it at a time, and you can discuss it with friends. Like that's its own joy. But it's also the anxiety of you go to your pull list box, you open it up, and one of the issues you ask to be pulled is not there. Hmm. And you go and talk to the owner, and the owner's like, "Well, I'm sorry, whatever's in the box is the box. I don't know. Like, did you? Are you sure you wrote it down? And your heart's beating quickly out of your chest, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, like." I, I haven't. I'm not going to be able to read this now. And will I ever? <laughs> the anxiety of, of not having it. So the beauty of like, yeah, I'm presenting to you like a piece of whole oh, yeah. child. There was a uh, in the in the early 2000s when the CrossGen was a thing as a company. I bought a lot of their books. Really enjoyed them. And there was one book where, um, for whatever reason, they ended up not having it at my store. And I came back to Toronto for my my Toronto store. I uh, was like, oh, yeah, we'll be able to get it, no problem. And they could, never could because the publisher, within seven or eight months, went bankrupt. Um, and so they didn't really have like the material anymore. So for years, I did not have this one issue. I had never read it. 
Uh, it's like it didn't exist. And uh, to be honest, it was almost as if it was like a side story because I never felt like I missed it either. And so finally, a couple years ago, I was doing a, a re-inventory of all my comics uh, with Tibor. And he was like, how do you, how are you missing an issue? And I'm like, I don't know. It's been bugging me for years. And so he looked it up. He's like, you can buy it for like five bucks right now on eBay. I'm like, all right, let's do this. So I finally have that like missing issue that I just had to write it off as I'm never going to be able to get this. It's a surreal feeling sometimes too to like read it finally and like it's not right because it's not you weren't you're not reading it when you were reading it before so it does in your head canon or in in, in that memory that nostalgia that in that nostalgia mode it doesn't exist it's now a, it's now a new old comic to me and I it, sometimes it's off and being and, and missing that is its own its, its own story I guess oh, but yeah. it, 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 it's that's kind of uh, troublesome one of my most famous for me was that for years. I wanted to get every part of the uh, Iron Man storyline, Hands of the Mandarin. Um, and I would go to conventions, and I would always be able to find all but one chapter. And being an idiot, I'd be like, nope, if I can't have it all, I'm not buying it. And so like, I just kept not getting this. And I wanted it because one of my first times ever reading an Iron Man comic was, what, 92 or 93? And it was like, I think it was like a birthday gift or something. It was like a throw-in. And I loved it, thought it was so cool, and just and never got to see any other chapters. And so I built up in my mind... Everything that came before and everything that came after, because it was part three of six, and I just never read any of it. And then when Iron Man 3 was coming out, they put it in trade, and I lost my mind. I was like, hey, are you kidding? This is finally happening. And it's because they didn't really have a lot of good Mandarin stories to put in trade for Iron Man. So they're like, well, this is one of them. Here you go. It's of questionable quality. And I was, yeah, it's, as you said, it was a new old comic. Like, I, I kind of knew what had happened before it, but I had never read it before. And it was very exciting. And actually, this year, I'm going to finally have it in, in duplicate because it's being reprinted as part of the Epic Collections. And one of the lines I do follow is Iron Man. And so I'll finally get to you know have it twice. <laughs> so uh, this is the longest uh, part of your game, um, I imagine. The answer to the, your question, of course, is uh, I don't think I'll be buying any Spider-Man Epic. <laughs> okay. Next up, uh, Ant-Man and Giant Man. That's right, Ant-Man, Giant Man. I, no, I don't have any anticipation, no. Okay. Uh, next up is Avengers. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a rough one. <laughs> I, I read volumes one and two of The Essentials, mm-hmm. so I've gone back and I've read the, from the beginning, quite a bit from the beginning. Um, and I, now that I did that, that was years and years ago. That was a lot, quite a while ago that I did that. And now I have, this is weird, I have now nostalgia for that time period of reading, mm-hmm. even though I don't recall really enjoying those issues. So I actually might, and if I did, I'd probably start with the first few volumes. I don't think I I jump anything in particular after that. But no, no. Okay. Well, oh, here's the thing: it, when, when they do the first Avengers versus X Men, where is that going to be collected? Because if it gets collected in the Avengers essentials, that I and not the X Men, then I've got to grab it. In, you know what I mean? If they do it in both, then I guess I don't have to worry about it. I feel like it'll be in both. It's already been printed in Avengers Volume 17, Judgment Day, um, covering 1987. So I don't know about X-Men yet. Yeah. But it depends. I would imagine it would be. Um, and a lot of these things, like, are you if you end up collecting everything, you would end up having a lot of duplicates because there are stuff like that where it's important to both. You can't, yeah. you can't skip it. It's okay, though. I mean... Um, Wolverine 75 right I have like this I don't know I don't have the single issue um, but I have the Fatal Attractions trade and it also is in which volume is it volume 5 I believe of the Epic Collection for Wolverine mm-hmm. so I already have it twice yeah. and I'll probably have it a third time at some point it's okay that's fine it's a gorgeous issue 
<laughs> yeah, I think you're okay. Uh, next up, Avengers West Coast. No, no. Well, I mean, you know what? I am intrigued. I am interested actually in reading West Coast, maybe more than the like the regular Avengers. So it's a possibility. It is okay. Yeah, the uh, not not surprisingly, in December 2020, they came out with uh, the volume Vision Quest, uh, which collects mm-hmm. a lot of the John Byrne stuff. And then the stuff yeah. where Scarlet Witch goes crazy, darker than Scarlet, that volume's coming out this December. Um, so a year apart from each other, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually tempted myself, but I actually have the old kind of trades they produced for that period. Um, but there's something, you know, alluring about the epic collections. And because I, for sure, and because I'm now becoming a, a Burn fan, like I freaking love this guy, um, I would probably seek him out in other stories that he's done anyway. And if he's, you know, he's already on West Coast Avengers, then and I'm and I'm somewhat intrigued. That seems like a perfect fit. All right, next up, Black Panther. Yeah, so I have the what, the volume one of the complete Priest line, uh, and I'm gonna want to get the second volume for Priest to finish up Priest's run. And I have the Regilin Hudlin run, and I've collected the first three volumes of the Tanasi Coates run so i'm like why not but then i'm like yeah but then they're early days there's like early days i'd have to I'd have to really see some of the art and, and get a sense of some of the storylines first um I'm, I'm more interested in collecting black creators for that book anyway so i i know some of the initial creators or um uh, creative teams on that book were not african-american so that's that's less interesting to me i might just stick with what i have mm-hmm it's interesting. What I'm building right now. It's interesting because I mean the the first volume, um, which collects most of the jungle action issues, um, are well known for being again kind of where a lot of the the early days of the mythology of Black Panther really were set up by Don McGregor. So it feels like if you were going to go back to do that for anyone, that's what you would do it for. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I I would probably go at least to volume one just to kind of get a sense of the the beginnings. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And this is, again, one of those questions where people don't really know how far it's going to go because the, the first Black Panther one collected, you know, the first two appearances in FF back in the 60s and then jumped to Jungle Action in 76, which, again, kind of cut out his appearances in the Avengers in the meantime, um, which is something, unfortunately, that would, would end up happening. And then the second volume co- covers 11 years because, again, he didn't really have an ongoing book for that long. Uh, and then the third volume is, you know, up to 1991. And again, we're not expecting that it will collect the priest run because, again, it's already in its own complete line of which there's, what, four or five volumes of those. Are there that many? Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, wait, like regular volumes? Or you mean like the complete, complete. The complete priest? Are there that many? I thought there was two. Oh, no. God, no. Wow. Oh, you know well, I guess you're right. Cause I-, I guess I could be wrong. No, there's at least four. Yeah. Yeah, because I have single issues when I was collecting the priest run. I wasn't like collecting every single issue month to month, but I was. I definitely got into it as it was well underway, and so yeah, I guess of course what I'm saying makes sense uh, doesn't make sense because I have single issues that are not in the volumes I have right now, <laughs> or or have seen of of the priest's volume. So yeah, okay. Well, I have some way to go then to get yeah. those. To get, to get all of them. It's interesting too, and this is one of those things where. C- complete collections like this which are um, creator specific do create problems for those who want to have complete runs because for example the fourth volume of Black Panther by Priest uh, it collects it's missing two issues it's com- missing Black Panther 57 and 58 now I don't remember why or how or what happened there but it would seem to be that you know those weren't by him and so they just kept them out 
That is a, a reason why Epics would be better. But now that I've started down this road of collecting the priest volumes, I don't want to stop. But yeah, there's that anxiety of like, do I want to go all the way and, and then end up having to go back and double dip later? I don't know. All right, next up we got Black Widow. I, I no, but I don't think so. I mean, what what are we looking at there? I didn't realize she had solo series. So that's until, an interesting like, one. The yeah, so the the first volume covers uh, like five years worth, and it covers a bunch of her original appearances in Tales of Suspense when she's the villain. Uh, it covers a bunch of uh, Avengers issues, uh, an issue of Amazing Spider-Man, an issue of Daredevil. Uh, she had a, a starring run in Amazing Adventures for a little while, and then a lot of material from Avengers books. So that does seem like, again, one of these hodgepodge books. And in the second volume, she had two graphic novels, apparently, in the uh, the 80s, actually three of them. Um, one was, you know, her and Punisher. Oh, was one, was one, did Sienkiewicz do one? Uh, that's possible. I can't remember. So okay. there's a lot of weird stuff in there. So it, it's very curious. And what's interesting, too, is that it, again, doesn't include any of her appearances in the book that she co-headlined, which was Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, weird. So that's, that's stuff that they're selling because anyone who is a fan of her from the movies is trying to find material. Correct. And they'll sell that. Again, I would say, why not just sell the, you know, the... The J, what is it? Jones is the is the last name, but what's J J G Jones? Is that yes, the artist's name for the? And they have the, they have they have complete collections of that run too. Yeah, sell that and sell her more recent like slow stuff. Like that's the stuff you should be buying. <laughs> Whatever. All right, no, next, I, I don't have an interest in. Next up is Captain America. Huh. Well, I mean, the only stuff that would tickle my fancy stuff that I already have in other kinds of collections for the most part. Mm. So the gardening stuff with Mark Wade before heroes return. And then some of that heroes return stuff that he did with Kubert more particularly, although the gardening stuff isn't bad. Maybe I should go back and read the gardening so stuff again. This is again to, to reinforce that idea of that conventional wisdom that the epics will stop is that we've started to get those heroes return uh, collections which have the Heroes Return books. So there is a Heroes so Return Captain America run um, which is going to collect, there's at least two volumes that they've confirmed. So it kind of does seem that the Epics will not collect the Heroes Return stuff but it will collect everything up to that. So if you want to so get maybe, that, that first run of Wade and Garney, you can get volume 22 of Captain America, Man Without a yeah. Country. Yeah, that would be the only one that, that I'm thinking of at least right now. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, now this is one of those interesting ones. It's not really like Marvel the way we think of in terms of the 616, but uh, they have two different lines currently running for Conan the Barbarian. Uh, they have the original Marvel years, uh, collecting the original, obviously, Marvel run of Conan the Barbarian. Um, and then they have Conan Chronicles, which is everything that used to be published by Dark Horse before the license moved back over to Marvel. So they're putting all of the Dark Horse stuff chronologically in, in a row. Um, so there's two... Which one are you collecting? So I decided to buy the original Marvel Years Conan. Um, partly because when Conan came back, I did buy the Conan book by Jason Aaron. I also got Savage Sword, which ran about a year. Uh, now there's just one Conan book from Marvel, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, so I was like, you know what, maybe we should go back. People really revere the original stuff by Buscema and Barry Windsor Smith and uh, Roy Thomas, who really brought it all to life with his writing. So I've gone back, and I have the first two volumes, and I have the next two already pre-ordered. So they're publishing those pretty quickly. Would you recommend them? Like, I mean, Buscema, I mean, you're 
Very Windsor Smith and Buscema. I mean, come on, like <laughs> that's selling itself. Like that might be enough to make me interested. Um, are you, would you recommend them? Um, I'm enjoying them. I don't know if I would necessarily recommend them. You have to kind of like that style. Like it's a very kind of not overwrought, but it's definitely written in a certain way. But that is the Conan style. So it's not even like, oh, that's Roy Thomas's fault. It's just that's the style of kind of the books, and he translated it to the way in which it was told in the comics. Um, one no. thing I will say is that they're definitely, given the price point, not the best value of the epics because they are definitely the thinnest volumes I've seen. Um, the first volume was 352 pages. Uh, the, the second and third one are 290 each. And then the, the fourth one coming in December is 360. And just to give some context... Um, like the last Captain America one was like 456 pages and neither of those first four, four volumes is even close speaking of thinness they've changed the paper stock that they've used for, yes. they're using now for epics uh, there's thicker kind of sturdier feeling paper and now there's this thin, it's still nice quality paper but it's much thinner uh, how do you feel about that? Um, so I, I mean I I don't know. I, I don't love it being too thin. I don't want to be able to have too much bleed. Now, that brings up a whole subcategory of people's obsessions when it comes to epics because um, on people who really follow this stuff, there's been a number of different um, uh, printing companies that have actually put together the books, and there's been a lot of problems throughout the years with certain publisher or printing companies have been reviled because they were so bad. There's one called uh, Quad. Um, which did a number of trades for a while. And uh, they had their covers were very slick and they started to curl. Um, their overall production values were really, really low. Um, I think they did a bunch of the Avengers West Coast ones, the earlier earlier volumes, and there was printing errors and there was just issues with uh, the, uh, the ink and how dark it was. So it's going into a whole other category. There's been a lot of issues with that. In terms of paper quality in general or the thickness, I would like to be a little thicker, but I also understand that you know, it's nice to have not to have every volume look be giant. Like I have the original yeah. Amazing Spider-Man uh, printing of the first volume of the Omnibus by Steve Ditko and Stan Lee, and that thing is gigantic. And yes, it has thirty-nine issues in it plus I think two annuals, but really it's so gigantic because the the paper is still very thick, whereas the more modern ones are a lot thinner. So I don't know. There is a bit of a push and pull there. Yeah. Well, so I have some of the newer epics, and I have some of the older ones. And like my Moon Knights are all the older paper, so it's, mm. I guess it feels like it fits. Although I think volume the third volume, I believe, was came along when they were it was a different paper, so it, it's noticeably smaller. Um, I have seen Wolverine Volume One, the original printing or the early printing, and the one that just came out side by side, and it is quite noticeable. So part of me is like, ugh, I don't want that to happen. Now I'm gonna like want to get maybe what trade in my older ones that are thicker and have the, them all uniform because because also the the spine is a little bit different to the way that they might be hmm. the, the, where the text is placed and some of the coloration uh, I, I need to calm down about that whole thing I'm sure but I do like the idea of them being more compact and, and fitting more on a shelf like that is a reality that you know the thicker the book the fewer of them you can fit on a shelf so I'm fine with it as long as they remain sturdy enough it almost <laughs> It almost has, you know, talking about how there's this reverence, right? These are sacred texts. You know, Comic World 19 on her show one time referred to the Dark Phoenix Saga as a sacred text. Like, it's important that every comic fan reads it, you understand it, and that when you see the debacle that Fox put out as a movie, you realize why people are so angry because they know you've seen the mountaintop, she said, and they know that this is, you know, basically counterfeit. So these are sacred texts in a way. So the thinner the pages get, it's almost like they become like 
scripture, the pages to scriptures. You know what I mean? Like mm. biblical, you know, how those pages are. So <laughs> it's almost like, in a way, like, oh, these are these are extra revered books, and, and they have the paper to match. I don't know. One thing I will say to go back to Conan for a second is that the the Conan Chronicles, which again has the more modern material from Dark Horse, uh, it does have a lot of uh, the work by uh, Kurt Busiek and Kerry Nord. So it's definitely that that's really good stuff. Um, I just chose not to collect it because I, I felt like I had to draw a line in the sand if I was going to go somewhere with Conan. I just didn't feel like I wanted to go and in on everything because they publish those really fast. Like we've talked about how some of these volumes like there's there's been a length of time between publications, whereas Conan the Bar- sorry Conan Chronicles the first volume came out February 2019. Um, May 2021 is the most recent one, the seventh volume. That's seven volumes that they have published since February 2019. So it's been just over two years, and they got seven volumes of these, whereas some of these other you know, big mainline uh, titles, they do not have that same speed. And part of that's because they're never going to lose the license to publishing Daredevil. But they could lose their license to publishing Conan, and so they got to get it going while they have it. Make the money where they can, yeah. So uh, for now, I'll say no to Conan. Okay. Next up is Daredevil. We already briefly touched on him before. Yeah. yeah I can get... Uh, I'm, I want to get Nesenti stuff, and I want to get Miller stuff. And uh, I guess I need to wait for re- reprints of some of the Nesenti and for them to start saying Miller, if they right. ever will. Uh, no, this is an interesting one because we've seen kind of classic editions and now we're getting an epic. Uh, and probably the latest starting epic in terms of what, like the material in terms of starting a new volume. But we've got Deadpool. Uh, no, I have volume one and two of the classics. I'm good. Okay. Uh, then we got The Defenders. Hmm. No, I don't think so. Part of me wants to, but whenever I look at buying them, the only volumes they've published are volumes six to nine, and it feels like that's the material I don't want. Like, it feels like I want <laughs> I want the earlier stuff. Like, I want when it was kind of new and fresh, and when I look at some of the stuff that's, even the covers or some of the synopsis of the stuff that kind of comes later, it does not interest me in the same way. It's definitely a weird hodgepodge of, of characters as well. Yeah, that's so weird that they would jump to that and not start with one at least. It's mm-hmm. weird. Uh, next up is Doctor Strange. I love Dinko's art, but not enough, I think, to buy because I don't. I don't think I'm motivated to read, and I really want to buy epics that I'm going to read. Mm, okay, uh, Excalibur. Yes, I will definitely get uh, at least the Claremont stuff. I don't want the Little Dell stuff. Okay, and you got to get. I all... really wish they would. Give... Sorry, I was going to say you're going to get the the, um, the Alan Davis stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I wish that we could also get, I mean, going back to C, uh, Captain Britain would be lovely if we could get some Alan Moore reprints, but um, I don't know. I don't know what the plan is for that. That's strange that it's not currently available. I think there's a new omnibus coming out soon, so that's kind of usually where they put that material. Oh, I want an epic. <laughs> but maybe I can't, I, I can't get it. Maybe they won't ever do it that way. All right, next up we have Fantastic Four. I'm going to say... No, with a but, there is some burn stuff in there, right? So if I'm going to oh, be yeah. this into burn, I might I might pick up some burn stuff. Yeah, so the burn stuff was published originally in classic editions, um, and then it was published in, an, in a set of two omnibuses, which I actually do own. Um, and then eventually they'll come out in epics. Those are the stuff where they know it'll always sell, so that's why they haven't rushed it out the gate, because you know it's, it's popular material that they're not as worried about. Right. Uh, next up is, is this is an interesting one. Uh, Generation X. I, I I am so not into Bacalo, even though I, I 
understand and I appreciate he's a great artist. Um, you know, I just got Paul actually um, was clearing out some shelf space, and so he handed over Supernovas and a few other stuff um, from that run um, on, on his run on X Men. And so I'm like, I'll get this stuff. I want to read it, but do I want to read Gen X? Yeah, Mike Carey. I have no problem. I think Mike Carey is a great writer, and I, I, I really want to read his stuff. But Lubdell is writing Gen X, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah, see, I don't, I'm not a fan of him. Um, so I'm wishy-washy. I'd like to think that I would, but I'm not there yet. All right, next up, Incredible Hulk. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I actually really have enjoyed reading some of his self-write stuff. His original, his early appearances, and, and how different he is mm. um, when he's gray and then switching to green and the fact that he like only comes to Monster Hood at nighttime and he's like hidden in this vault and they've got to hide him in there and keep him in there all night long and he's like Rick Jones I'm going to smash your face like that stuff is really cool I I might I'm, you know what I might even get William 1 I don't know that I have an interest in much else I know that Peter David stuff is, is beloved um, Joe Fix has never really done it for me so maybe in Volume 1 um, and, and outside of that maybe go for some Joe Fix it but I, I, don't, I don't know and then there's the, the, the Todd McFarlane stuff too but mm-hmm. I don't think it's enough to really get my dollar Okay, uh, Iron Fist. No, that's early burn. Uh, don't do this to me. Um, I would, I would definitely go um, Fantastic Four, of course, before that. If if I'm going and I'm buying Fantastic Four volumes and I'm still in love with him, then then at that point I might. But as it is now, it's not something. I'm yeah, because it's Claremont and Burn. Yeah, that is good. You got, you got the first Sabretooth in there, too. I think, oh, shoot. Um, I would probably get Ms. Marvel before, and without Burn, uh, but with Claremont, um, because I'm more interested in Carol Danvers than I am in, in Danny Rand. Okay, that's fair. Uh, next up is Iron Man. Armor Wars is the only one that's really interested me. Hmm. Demon in the Bottle, I know, is important or significant, but I've not, I've still to this day, I'm not like, oh, I really want to read it. So maybe Iron Wars is the only one so okay. far that I'm thinking I'd be interested. Okay, interesting. Uh, then we have uh, this is a, a big one for a lot of people. Um, I, I don't think that's this is for us because we're in the wrong kind of uh, we're, we're too young to maybe have an appreciation for this. But uh, they're doing a, an upcoming epic of Kill Raven. I mean, he's a neat character, but and he, he is he Marvel UK originally? Uh, no. No, he was not. He, he first appeared in Amazing Adventures. He was created by Rory Thomas and Neil Adams, and uh, as well as Jerry Conway. Yeah, he's like a beloved seventies kind of character, isn't he? He is nineteen seventy-three. Yeah, I don't. I don't really care. I mean, the most I have enjoyed him or seen him really is uh, Avengers Forever, and mm. there's a really cool cover with him and everything. But I don't. Okay. Epic uh, next up is Luke Cage. I like Luke, but do I want to read the stuff, the black exploitation kind of stuff, from the seventies? Not particularly. Uh, again, like if there were if there were black creators on the book back then, which there weren't, as far as I know, uh, then I'd be like, oh, let's, let's kind of see, you know, what maybe perhaps a more authentic voice on the book. But without that, I, I don't think I'm interested. Okay. Next up, we got Marvel Two and One, which is uh, basically the the Things book um, for a while there. There, so far, there's only one volume. 
No? Not really. Okay. Next up, this is a big one for a lot of people when the license came back to Marvel. Master of Kung Fu. Is that was it's not called Shang Chi Master of Kung Fu, it's called Master of Kung Fu? The Epic Collection is called Master of Kung Fu. No, I'm, I don't know. Maybe after I watch the movie, I'll be like, oh, I really want to, but I'd, I'd be more interested in a newer series about them. Than yeah, that's fair. Now, as you said, you have Moon Knight already. You have volumes one, and one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, now this is, again, obviously timed for our movie release that didn't happen yet. Um, and this one has one of the greatest smorgasbords you'll find. Uh, Morbius has an epic collection. <laughs> Some of that 90s art is cool and some of his appearances in oh, the 90s. No. So far, there's two volumes and it only goes up to 1981. Oh, wow. Um, no. <laughs> no? I, I, mo- the thing I like most about Morbius is his 90s costume. <laughs> okay. This is one where I do think about it a lot because I've never read any of this stuff. Like, I've read yeah. the first two issues of Amazing Spider-Man he was in, but then there's two issues of Marvel Team-Up. There's seven issues of Fear, which I didn't even know was a book. Uh, there's a giant-sized superheroes book, and then there's material from Vampire Tales one to eight and giant-sized Werewolf number four. Uh, the second vo- the second volume has more is- more uh, issues of Fear. Uh, there's a few issues of Spectacular Spider-Man, some Savage She-Hulk from back in the day. So like we're really weird, like you know, bottom of the barrel stuff, but interesting because where else are you going to find this stuff? Yeah, it's the sort of thing that I'd like to like leaf through at a bookstore or borrow and look at rather than jump in. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, there's two two volumes of this. There's Miss Marvel. Yeah, so currently I don't have any plans, but once I've gotten through, I'm definitely prioritizing Claremont's X-Men stuff and, and, and then his Excalibur and New Mutants and stuff like that. Um, I, might even, I might even dip my toe and um, get the first volume. Just to kind of see where she came from, and mm-hmm. and definitely also that connection later on to Rogue, right? How he combines Rogue with Carol's, you know, literally, literally combined them for a time. So that might be what I'll do, but it's not a plan to pick that up. Okay. Uh, next up is Namor the Submariner. Uh, no real interest. Uh, not not that I have no interest in the character at all, but uh, not some picking up his early stuff. He's an interesting one again because the first volume is a lot of him in other books. You have, I think seven issues of Fantastic Four he was in, there's two issues of Avengers he was in, an issue of X-Men, an issue of Daredevil, and then the material from, you know, some of the stories he was in in Tales to Astonish. But that one definitely feels like he's less of an active participant in the in terms of his own stories. He's more of the antagonist and not the protagonist. Yeah, that doesn't sound too appealing no. as a collection. Next up is New Mutants, so we've already kind of talked about that one. Um, and then moving on from New Mutants, then we have Power Man and Iron Fist. So the Power Man book stops after issue 49, and then he adds in a, a new uh, a new guest, and it becomes Power Man and Iron Fist with issue 50. Yeah, I've said no to them individually, and I would say no to them again as the heroes for hire. Um, okay. Again, not that, not that it's bad stuff. I just, at this point in time, I'm not interested. Okay. Uh, what about Punisher? Yeah, well, Punisher is interesting because, like, I don't collect Punisher regularly, never have, and I kind of just kind of come in and out. I, I, he's the kind of character that I like as a, as an arc, as a story, as a, as a, as a graphic novel, kind of as a grab. Um, so I don't really have a lot of interest in his early early stuff. Some of his eighty stuff might be interesting though to read. That I must confess. It's actually possibly a maybe for the eighty stuff in particular. Okay, going back and looking at some of the New Mutants and X Men stuff in the eighties is just. 
it's almost like going back to the eighties, and that's kind of appealing to me in and of itself. And he's he's definitely his books explode, don't they, in the nineties? But does he have more than one book in the eighties? He does. Um, well, I guess in the late eighties, he gets War Journal, um, okay. which eventually gets Jim Lee on it before he goes to X Men. Um, that's been that collected. Be that's been collected in other collections. We don't know if we're going to get an epic of that. Um, so far, the Punisher line is just the mainline Punisher book, um, which also collects the first miniseries he was in, and then the ongoing. Um, what's interesting about Punisher is that the first, the only, the earliest volume we have published so far is, is volume two. There's been volumes two, three, four, five, and seven. They haven't done one yet, which we're all assuming is going to be, you know, his first appearance in Amazing Spider-Man, his first couple of appearances there, as well as his, uh, his uh, appearances in Frank Miller's Daredevil, because volume two starts with his uh, his first miniseries. Um, is that done by Romita Jr.? No, Romita Jr. comes on for, God, uh, I forget what it's called. Not War Journal, the one after that. War Zone. See, that might be, yeah, worse, I mean, Bernita's work on that might be also be interesting. I, that, I am intrigued. Let's say I'm intrigued. Color me intrigued, but uh, <laughs> no current plan. I'll take it. All right, next we have Sergeant Fury. Sergeant Fury. No, I have read a bunch of Sergeant Fury from my dad's old comics, and I don't like it. But uh, I'm only really interested in Starenko's Fury. Okay. Uh, then we have Silver Surfer, who... We'll have at least 13 volumes someday. Wow. They've already published seven of them, actually. Never really had an interest in reading him in Solo, and then Dan Slott, of all people, who is a creator that I, I don't enjoy, uh, his work on Silver Surfer is enjoyable. So that's like, you know, uh, that Annihilation Conquest, the four issues, or not, uh, just regular Annihilation. Wow. Um, the four issues there, like, those are the kinds of ways I like to, you know, coming into a Captain Marvel comic, like, that's... That's where I like him. Or maybe in The Defenders, that's, that's fun. But I've never really had an interest in reading his cosmic stuff. Do you, do you, have you read any of it? Is it good? Would you recommend it? Um, it's not for me. So I, I can't say I wouldn't recommend it. It just hasn't been something I've terribly enjoyed. Uh, Ron Lim, is he... Who's the... Who's the? There's been multiple stops and starts. I know Ron Lim draws some of his stuff at a certain time, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And in the later stuff, you also have... Um, uh, Jim Starlin's writing it because it is in and around Infinity Gauntlet. Um, yeah. We also have Thanos Quest is in one of those volumes as well. Oh, see, I love Thanos Quest. I have that virtually. I have the, the digital comics of that. So maybe, I don't know. So there's, there's an actual epic called Silver Surfer Volume 6, Thanos Quest. So it has 12 issues of Silver Surfer, but it has the two issues of Thanos Quest inside. I might get, I might get at least that one. Okay, so the next one is I'm going to very lightly skim it because it's uh, it's the largest sub uh, imprint I guess that they have, which is Star Wars. Um, there are 12 lines within the Star Wars epic collections because um, it's mammoth, um, and obviously they're collecting everything that's ever been done in Star Wars, excluding the newest Marvel stuff, which is now canon. It's instead it's all under the um, the auspices of Star Wars Legends. So everything that used to be the expanded universe that was then rendered uh, null after the acquisition of, uh, of Lucasfilm by uh, Disney. Yeah, I love how they're like, it's not canon anymore, okay, everybody? And then Marvel's like, we can still reprint it. And they're like, well, yeah, we're going to make the money. Like, so they want to make money off of it, but they just want to make sure everyone knows that it's not part of the universe. Um, if, I, if I was a, someone who was into Star Wars, I would definitely be interested in buying these. Uh, 
But if I was someone who was interested in Star Wars and they told me it wasn't canon, I would be less interested. Someone who's not super into Star Wars and knowing it's not canon, <laughs> and, yeah. and you know, and 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 and, and like no, I, I'm good. I feel like it's for people who love the books originally and don't care that it's not canon anymore. Uh, this is pretty perfect. I think there's one yeah. I would be interested in called Star Wars Infinites. Um, this one actually came out five years ago, I guess. I don't even know if it's still um, accessible. It's all about non-canon alternate versions of each film. Um, it takes a point of divergence and then changes the outcome of the story. So that it's got basically like a what if for Star Wars. That intrigues me. I mean, maybe I'd borrow it. I imagine Paul, if he was here, would be like all over this maybe. So I would borrow some issues to, to try them out to read them but I don't have any All right. real interest in buying a lot of for this next up as we uh, we're about to run out of our uh, our pre-described time here we got Thor um, any of Thor that you'd consider would it be the Walt Simons and stuff I mean maybe right like it's such a beloved run I have um, the omnibus of Walt Simonson's run but it was recolored so I'm hoping that in epics it will have the original coloring and I will buy it again Wow, that's saying something. So, have you read? Have you gone and read through the omnibus? I have. Yeah. Okay. Because I know sometimes we read, th- we we start reading, or we or we have to get around to it. It's on the list. So I just wanted to to check in with you. So, was that something you'd recommend? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it. I mean, there's a reason why it's as beloved as it is. I would also say that not something that doesn't get as much love, but I really enjoy is the DeFalco Friends uh, run, which immediately uh, follows it, which is fantastic and is actually almost in its entirety. Actually, I think it's about to be collected in its entirety in Epics. Um, from volume 16 to 20 of the Epics, uh, it'll all be completed. And uh, that I've really been enjoying. To be honest, that's up until, like, we'll see what happens with Simonson. But as for now, this was the only Thor I wanted to collect in Epics. It was the Friends and DeFalco stuff. Well, once I get through BZ's uh, New Mutants, maybe I'll want to take a look at Walt's Thor. Yeah, maybe. And, of course, Thor comes into the Mutant Massacre as well, right? So Absolutely. there's that little connection. Yeah. Now, maybe. this is an interesting one because I feel like if, if, you, if you're a Spider-Man fan, there's so much overlap. But there's the Venom collections. I would definitely get Spider-Man before I would get Venom. Yeah. The, uh, it's interesting so, because the, the no. first volume has, you know... To be expected, it has, you know, not the first appearance of the costume, actually. It has the, the costume being ripped off of Peter for the first time. It has Web of Spider-Man number one, um, which is when he finally, you know, it goes back onto him and he gets it off again at, in the bell tower at the church. And then it has 300, 315 to 317, 332 to 333, 346 to 347. Uh, then it has a B story from 388, which is a you know a flashback story. It has a graphic novel called The Vendor's Death Trap in the Vault, which he plays a, a big part. It has two issues of Darkhawk, which you're probably not going to find anywhere else. And then a bunch of annuals that, uh, that he was part of from Amazing Spider-Man. It's the second volume, which I think really takes off where he becomes more of his own character because it has Lethal Protector, but only one to six. Because, uh, again, it has the first appearance of Carnage in that one and a bunch of other things. Poor Dark Hawk. Dark Hawk doesn't get his own epic volume. Not yet. It's a shame. <laughs> then we got Wolverine, as you mentioned. Uh, that was one of the earlier ones that you were kind of getting involved with. Then there's X-Factor. Then there's X-Force. So, X-Force, are you in? Well, I mean, so, just back quickly to Wolverine. I'm good, I'm, I'm good at everything up to, like, 100. I don't think I'm really going to try to collect the volumes after 100. Mm. Okay with the first 100. Um... 
I think you should uh, at least. So I'm, I think I'm you should at least get volume nine. Like volume eight gets right up to a hundred, and I, I agree that's kind of a nice spot, point to stop. But I feel like volume nine has the cool kind of stuff with him and Electra. Um, you have there's like, there's some good material there. Uh, the Operation Zero Tolerance stuff is kind of take or take it or leave it. I'm curious how far it'll go if it's only going to be twelve issues or so. If it goes a little further, you might get into. There's a not dead yet, but I don't know exactly where that takes place. That might be the volume after that, and that one I think would be well worth reading. Well, that's how easy it is to sway me with Wolverine stuff. Okay, fine, done. I'll do that. Um, <laughs> now, as for X Factor, so X Factor, I'm I'm interested in the Louise Simonson stuff, right? The Louise Jones stuff. Mm-hmm. Not as interested in Peter David. I'm gonna I'm, I'm probably gonna get Volume One, and then if I get Volume One, I'm like I have to get the Examinations one. So I might get volume one. The, it's not called volume one, though. It's volume uh, seven. It's volume four, five. Okay, so uh, five and six, and then if I get five and six, I have to get seven. So I guess I'm in. I guess I'm in for seven volumes of X Factor. Jeez. Oh, sorry, I'm wrong. Uh, sorry, Examina- examinations was volume eight. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> anyway, so you're in. Um, <laughs> I want to focus. I'm focusing on the, the Louise stuff, on the Wheezy stuff, and uh, if there are sales, I mean, I mean the first. I'm going to call it this. The first Peter David volume is now out of, you know, out of print and not easy to find. So I don't know when that comes back in print and if it's a decent price, then I, I might do that. But I'm going to focus on Weezy first. Okay. X-Force, yeah, I'm in. I'm in on X-Force. X-Force is interesting because, I mean, I know you love Executioner's Song and there it is reprinted in its entirety. Yes. It's just a weird thing to call that an X-Force volume. Yes. It's really not, but... Well, I guess because it's Cable. It's, it's a big storyline about Cable, and he, at the time, that's his book. Yes. And Strife is originally introduced in, uh, what, New Mutants? New Mutants, yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, and, and New Mutants is, to me, it's X-Force, right? They're, they're, they're the evolution of the same book, so I guess so. Um, but, yeah, because of that, because of that reason, like, because I'm going to be, I already have several volumes of New Mutants, and I'm going to be reading Liefeld. I never thought I'd say this, but I'm going to be reading Liefeld. Like, I mm-hmm. might as well keep reading and read when he leaves and see what goes on in the book after that. I, I'll read X-Force for sure. I'm curious. Uh, one thing that's bugged me is that Volume 7 is called Zero Tolerance, which, I mean, obviously it's Operation Zero Tolerance. I just don't like that of all the books that's going to have that subtitle, it's X-Force. Yeah, that is a weird choice, too. I don't understand. Very strange. And then yeah. the, the last the last uh, set of volumes is obviously X Men, which we've already gone over in exhaustive detail. <laughs> so yes, uh, I just 100%. love that you've become an epic fan. That you're like you know looking into this stuff, and when the price goes below forty bucks, you jump on these volumes and you're excited about them. And like as someone who's you know been with the epics since the beginning, like seven years ago, it's really exciting to kind of see you take you know kind of embrace that part of of the collecting <laughs> collecting mindset. It's really exciting. Yeah, and then once I go in on something, right, it's hard for me to stop, so... Oh, Marvel knows. This is me now. Yeah. (laughs) This is my life now. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Um, I mentioned earlier about the uh, the, the complete epics. I just double-checked. So I I was correct. There was just the Age of Apocalypse onslaught and then the Clone Saga, although they broke it up into Spider-Man the Clone Saga and Spider-Man Ben Reilly. But, um, I mean, we all know what that really is. (laughs) Yeah, we do. All right. Well, well Nate, thanks. Thanks again for uh, for jump, jumping in for an impromptu podcast. I I knew we'd have something to talk about, even if it was just kind of quizzing you on epic collections for half an hour. 
<laughs> Better than asking how many appearances each character had. Oh, and by the way, how many appearances Iron Fist had? I don't know. A million? <laughs> I gotta say, I, I know that was probably really boring for others. I loved it. I, I, I don't... I, I mean, it wasn't boring for us, so I imagine it wasn't really boring. It was just, at a certain point in time, like, with, with a few names, it's like, oh, okay, we'll take a stab at it. But eventually, you're just like, I don't know. Yeah. Once it's seven names in. No, you're and, right. And you didn't do seven names in. I'm being fair to you. You didn't do that much. But um, what the viewers can or the listeners can know is in the subsequent days, Adam has been texting Paul and I, <laughs> randomly telling us how many <laughs> uh, appearances of certain characters. And so that... <laughs> <laughs> I, to be fair, I feel like we, we mentioned a character, and I'll just throw it in. By the way, this yeah. character's been around this many times. And well, because you mentioned you know, it, you because you mentioned it, Iron Fist has 746 appearances. That's not a lot of appearances, actually. That's very small. Overall, you yeah. I, I bet yeah. you a lot of them are actually pretty recent. Yes, I agree. Especially with Bendis grabbing him and then him being in the Netflix series and stuff like that. Yeah, his star has gotten brighter. For sure. Anyways, okay, well, thank you so much again for joining us. Uh, if you want to email us at the show, you can do so at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. You can rate the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and listen to us on Stitcher. Nate, thanks again for joining us. A pleasure.